are the voyages of the starship Therapize. Its continuing mission, to explore strange inner worlds, to seek out new insights and new realizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. fault i fear i thought that you'd want what i want sorry my dear but where are the clowns send in the clowns don't bother they're here that's beautiful sir I haven't heard you sing that one before. Also, I thought you were afraid of clowns. <laughs> yeah, I am, old friend. I am. Are you quite all right, sir? Uh, I'm just thinking of an old fandom attachment. He wrote that song. As he passed on, Captain. Yes. Into the collective unconscious, as will we all. And I miss him. Let's start the show and I can tell you more. If you feel up to it. As ever, my friend, I am ready to do my duty. Hello, friends at home. I am Justine Maston, LMFT, Yogini, writer, captain of this particular ship, and a little bit on the sadder side today. Welcome aboard. And I am Larissa Garski, LMFT, writer, researcher, Spockian first officer, and I'm fairly certain that I will need to talk about musicals today. <laughs> you are <laughs> correct about that. Uh, just a reminder to the listeners at home that just because we are therapists does not mean that we are your therapists, unless, of course, we are your therapists. This podcast is for the purposes of education and humor and is not intended to replace seeing your own therapist. Yes, um, Stephen Sondheim passed away in in the the year of our Lord of the Dance, twenty twenty one. That's pretty great. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I feel like you would appreciate that. <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah, and I. Um, uh, I don't know, friends at home, you may have intuited this, but I myself am a huge fan of Stephen Sondheim. That is true. That is definitely true. <laughs> um, I have to say that I feel a bit sheepish, maybe, is the word I'm looking for, because 
I didn't necessarily think that you were the biggest fan of Stephen Sondheim. But like, as soon as we started texting and talking about it after we both heard that he had passed, Mm -hmm. I was very quickly like, well, obviously. So, (laughs) And I think that's more to do with just like how disconnected I am from all things musicals. Because Mm -hmm. until I started Googling him, I didn't realize just how many he had done that Mm -hmm. Wonder Upon Wonders I'd actually seen. Yeah, I know. I so friends at home, um, as as you may or may not know, uh, Spock is not a fan of <laughs> the musical theater, which yeah. um, is just very hard for me. <laughs> it's a real bummer. You know, it's a testament to to our friendship. I think that we are able to able to continually weather this mm-hmm. this knowledge and the way it reappears mm-hmm. in different garbs for us throughout the years well because i definitely didn't know this years ago two three four years ago um when i came to chicago i had an extra ticket to hamilton and Mm -hmm. i was like great news larissa i have an extra ticket to hamilton like i thought she was gonna be so excited and you're like you you were like yay let's go to hamilton but i didn't realize probably till intermission when you were like, yeah, this is, uh... <laughs> this is a lot of singing, a lot of rapping. Yeah. Like, yeah, yep. Yep. It's all singing. <laughs> yes. I hadn't realized that it would be all singing until, until we were there. And like, I was excited. I was excited to like go to the theater and hang out with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, there we were <laughs> at Hamilton Intermission. <laughs> You learning for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And you were like, there's so there's so many men. And I'm like, you're right. There are there are a lot of men in Hamilton. And, you know, you you did not yet know about mm-hmm. Eliza's big catharsis in Act Two. That's true. I did not. That's true. But I mean, t- it, it it is fair. It is fair that her her catharsis in Act Two doesn't necessarily make up for the fact that it's mostly dudes. Well, and I think like uh, there's so much that one can know about musicals that helps prepare one for going to see one. Mm-hmm. And so I think if I knew more about musical theater, I would have been a bit more prepared and perhaps less struck by certain elements of Hamilton <laughs> <laughs> because I would have understood that like like this is part of the genre in the same way that like I would imagine a person who had never seen a Marvel movie or any superhero film mm-hmm. like if they I don't know saw really any of them let's pick one Captain America and their initial comment to their friend was what a brightly colored suit <laughs> And if their friend was a fan of the superhero film genre, their friend would look at them and be like, uh, yeah, that's kind of like a meaningless critique, though. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, I don't know, like in Russian literature, like, there's a lot of death and... Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, and and this is is fair, right? Because I'm not going to sit down and read Dostoevsky. I tried once, twice, three times a lady, and it did not (laughs) work for me. Uh, <laughs> fun fact last night um partner and i watched the 1997 film the saint starring val kilmer and elizabeth shue oh okay yeah i i saw that a hundred years ago 
Yeah, yeah. I was a I was a big fan of it. Saw it many times as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite quotes: "Friends, countrymen, Russians." Absolutely comes from this film. Um, and <laughs> as I was watching it midway through, and I was just like soaking up all the Russianness of it, I was like, you know, I should. This is reminding me. I should read another, you know, great work of Russian literature. Perhaps "Crime and Punishment." <laughs> well, you can tell me how it ends, I, or I sure will. what happens after page thirty-five. <laughs> no doubt mayhem ensues i was uh, yeah i remember sitting down to read that and feeling really grown up and then i was like wow i hate this i hate what? everything about this experience i reject it yeah this book Which is, is too big not not unlike how i felt when i was trying to listen to the the song that madonna sings <laughs> <laughs> which which is the one I thought about singing at the top of the show. Um, and then I, I was like, eh, as a as a grown person, I can recognize that that song's uh, kind of problematic. Uh, and here's a, here's something interesting that is not going to mm-hmm. surprise you at all. Um, yes. But like if you were to ask me to tell you what any of these musicals is about, like what is mm-hmm. the thread that holds it together? I could do that so loosely, and and for some of these songs that I had you listen to, I couldn't tell you at all what the thread is that holds the musical together, because sure. it's so like that. Um, sooner or later, which is the song from Dick Tracy that Sondheim won an Oscar for. Uh, sooner or later, you're gonna be mine. Hey, torch song. Um, you do a great rendition. Thank you. Oh, I mean, I was made for torch singing. My dad always said that. Um, (laughs) Had my life gone in a different direction, I might be wearing velvet dresses with large plumage in my hair, singing in jazz clubs at night. Maybe it could still happen. Right. Releasing your third album. Yeah. Yeah. Friends. If any of our friends at home are, you know, uh, in, in the music industry, hit me up. You know, I'm I just had for an a idea. Career. <laughs> Being as we're just now beginning in our fourth season to actually get Patreon off the ground, we could some holiday season put out a limited collection of you <gasps> singing torch songs. Oh my god, I love that! Right for like Small Biz Saturday or something, uh-huh. and it would be be you know, like not nothing too intense. Perhaps mm-hmm. like our our good friend Kyle Rebar could help with like the sound editing and production. Uh huh. Yep, yep, okay, I'll tell Kyle he should listen to this episode. <laughs> Just to start getting some ideas. Right. Because, um, like, I, as you were singing Bringing the Clowns at the top, I was very much starting to get teary. Mm. And I, mm. I did not feel that way when I listened to it, you know, when you weren't singing it. <laughs> I think you did a better rendition than that person, whoever they were. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. You're um, welcome. Yeah, but like the the song for me mm-hmm. is separate f- like it is its own little story. Yeah. You know, so when when I suggested that I I offered like a half a dozen songs for Spock to listen to. Um mm-hmm. and it, you know, one of them the sooner or later is from the Dick Tracy soundtrack and you were like I don't like Dick Tracy, which <laughs> totally respect i don't remember that movie at all it's the song that's meaningful to me Mm -hmm. 
and yeah. I can pull the song out and have it live very much on its own. Um, I, I think that's one of the reasons I can't do musicals because I can't do that. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Can it you just say doesn't. more about that? I just, I don't know what that would be like. I, one of the things I really don't like about musicals is there's the story's usually pretty flimsy. <laughs> and it, it bothers me. Every musical I've ever seen, save Hello, Dolly. And I'm just. And I'm that's... forgetting what the other one is that, I, that I'm pretty okay with. Dolly. Oh, just, I love it. Hello, love it so much. Dolly. One of the great tragedies is I never got to see the revival with Bette Midler. So sad about that. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I will tell our audience for probably what is the millionth time, I was in Hello, Dolly. That's right. I always forget. Who were you? Um, I was just in the chorus. Okay. But still, but, there's lots um, for the chorus the... to do in that musical. But it was for community theater, and so the person mm. cast as Dolly was a college student, because I grew up in a college town, and my sure. dad just was smitten with this woman. Oh, I remember and, this story. And then found out she was like 19, and he was like, I've been betrayed. <laughs> I am glad that when he found out her age, he was like, well, that's done. Because not every <laughs> man would feel that way. I. They still be they stay they still stayed friends for many years. And that's a book that I'm gonna leave closed. Yeah, that's not appropriate for this podcast. No, but bring it all the way back around to musicals, with the exception of Hello Dolly and I think Les Mis. Um Thank goodness. I just I just feel like they're all they're like the the story, the fact that the story doesn't really hang together and is very much just like we're doing stuff to get to the next big musical number. Mm-hmm. It it just it just doesn't work for me. I want I want there to be more holding things together. Mm. I hear that. Um, I mean, my experience is different, obviously, um, mm-hmm. because I mean, I think something like Lame is it it's an operetta, right? Like there yes. is it, it is the song that carries it through. Mm-hmm. You know, sim- absolutely. Which you know, same same as Hamilton, same as like, mm-hmm. um, lots of operettas. I actually i I prefer shows that are like that for musical yeah. theater mm-hmm. because I I just want the music to carry it. I'm like, if the music can't carry it, because there's, and I know some musical theater aficionados are going to disagree with me on this, but I I I agree with you. That mm-hmm. often the text in musical theater is not going to be inspiring generally. Sure. It's going to be the, the song that will yes. be inspiring. But I think from like, you know, the, the collection that I listened to in preparation for this chat and mm-hmm. the Wikipedia pages I read and my very distant memory of seeing Sweeney Todd, West Side Story, and oh, into the woods when mm-hmm. I was very young. I do feel like, from what I can gather of Sondheim, like I think he did a pretty good job mm-hmm. of trying to have story and then trying to have song and really putting equal effort into both and writing the songs that like really did carry you through and and develop characters and mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I mean, that's kind of what he's famous for. He doesn't have... Mm-hmm. He doesn't have extraneous bullshit in his songs. Like, Which is nice. Right? Like, if, if it's, a, if it's mm. a conversation in a song, it's like, you know, we are getting to the point. If, it's, mm-hmm. if the song is meant to evoke an emotion, you get right to it. You're not, like, I don't know, flouncing around in some... <laughs> I, I think of it like, um, you know, as a yoga teacher, you can take mm-hmm. some yoga classes and they're like, shine brightly your heart chakra to the goddess of the... And you're like, yeah, but what do you want me to do? You want me to right. do a backbend? Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and there are ways to, like, very skillfully lead me into that backbend yes yes and i and i and i will feel very connected to myself and to the teacher and Mm -hmm. to the class and i feel like that that's what sondheim does well he doesn't spend a lot of time on like flowery bullshit that doesn't mean anything yes he gets to the stuff that means something that's going to make you feel something yeah no he would i mean he 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 really excellently guides you into that backbend Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm like, and I'm in this back bend and I am present. Aw. That's really lovely. Yeah. So I you know, his music has always spoken to me. It was um something that my, my mom and I shared was musicals. Mm-hmm. Um not all Sondheim. I mean, I as you, as you well know, I'm a lover of many different musicals. That's true. Uh-huh. That's true. You, he wrote you a whole lot so of many. them. But... He did. <laughs> he was a prolific writer for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and he lived to 91. So, you know, mm-hmm. he was prolific and had a long life, which. Yeah. Just. May we all get such. <laughs> such gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious. Yes. I I offered you about a half a dozen songs to listen to, one of which you chose not to, which I understand why. Um, I appreciate I, that. Thank you. I offered one song from the musical Assassins, uh, which I it knew was that no was going to be a, a tough mm-hmm. sell. That music is, musical is amazing. But I also recognize, like, in the same way you've been trying to get me to watch Hannibal. <laughs> and I'm like, I just don't do cannibalism. <laughs> It's really Me interesting because in, right, in both these instances, like it involves a lot of violence. <laughs> <laughs> and you just are into the violence when it's put to song. And that is the bridge too far for me. Well, here's, here's what I like about Assassins. Mm-hmm. The musical, not like people who assassinate other people. <laughs> Excellent um, clarification. <laughs> it, it's about the humanity of those people and why they made the choices that they made. Because, the, I mean, there, there is humanity in those people, and there is a reason they chose the, the choices that they yes. made. Ironically enough, Hannibal, the television series, is very similar. <laughs> you know, maybe, cannibals have hearts, too. Maybe we need to strike a bargain where <laughs> for every song you listen to in Assassins, I'll watch an episode of <laughs> Hannibal. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think that would be one of the fairer ways to do it, for sure. Mm -hmm. yes yes and i my guess is you'd be like these songs are catchy and i would be like max mickelson is hot (laughs) mads is really beautiful 
That's and we would both find something to appreciate. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I've listened to like so many Taylor Swift albums at this point for research. I feel like I could I could find it in me to make it make my way through Assassins, let's be honest. That's really I mean, it's an excellent musical. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Aside from that one that you decided not to listen to, and I respect that. Um, yes. Did you notice any themes? Like when you listen to these, were you like, hmm, I see why these would appeal to the captain? Um, I mean, like the bringing the clowns one is sort of unfair because I know a lot of backstory around it, not the least of which that like that song sort of like heralded your your birth and existence yes. on this mortal plane. Um, yes. My mother was listening to it when I was born. Friends at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that one is, what did I say when we were like getting, getting sorted here this morning? I was like, I love its use of woodwinds. <laughs> and I really, I really did. And I really do. Um, <laughs> that one made, I mean, it's like the lyrics of that one are really lovely. And like the mm-hmm. idea, and especially once I like, I sort of like removed the word clowns and put in, um, what is it? It's not the fool archetype, the fool. The trickster, yes. Ah, trickster, and sure, sure, sure. So mm-hmm. I, I like, so once I sort of subbed in that word and, and fanfiction, I was like, oh, yes, I, I see like all like the layers of, in terms of that song, I think is talking about many things, not the least of which are woodwinds. I'm kidding. It's not talking about woodwinds. Um, <laughs> but it's talking about like play and play's mm-hmm. relationship to being alive and the importance of play, which I thought was quite lovely. Mm-hmm. Um and then the last one of the the songs that you sent me was uh, the one about the hat. Mm-hmm. Our dear friend Mandy Patinkin um, from Sunday like in the Park our, with George. Yes, yes. And I mean, mm-hmm. let's be clear, friends at home. He's our he's our dear fandom attachment friend. We don't actually know real life Mandy Patinkin. Um, but that one, like, but that song too. I thought I thought those were nice, sort of like bookends because mm-hmm. that is looking kind of at the shadow side of of art and creation and the ways that like you can, you can get lost mm-hmm. in this imaginary world and lose some of the things that are really important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you're so caught up in the hat. Finishing the hat. Mm-hmm. Watch the world go by while you finish the hat. That's right. Let me, let me pull up the list. Of course there was Madonna. Some of that's just like Madonna and I just don't get along. Um, <laughs> I I couldn't I couldn't do it with anyone can whistle. I you don't know what was happening for anyone me. Anyone can whistle. <laughs> anyone can whistle. Like in some ways, there was like a personal tie-in because I myself cannot whistle. I can't whistle either. And so I was like, "Oh, Bernadette, I feel you. I can't whistle." And then <laughs> and then it just it like I, we, it was like midway into the crescendo at like minute two thirty, and I was like, "I uh, you've lost me. You've lost me on the whistling." <laughs> Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair. What What do these songs mean to you? Yeah. So what's interesting, um, one of the other ones I sent you, I didn't realize that you'd seen Sweeney Todd. So I I sent... Uh, oh, yes. That's right. I forgot mm-hmm. about Sweeney Todd. Um, mm-hmm. That, I think, is probably my favorite song from Sweeney Todd. It's so sad. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nothing's gonna harm you. Not while I'm around. And just like a song of parentification, if there ever was one. 
Yeah, but then she comes back and, and says, you know, you're such a sweet child. Nothing's going to harm you. Yeah, she comes yeah, back. Yeah, but she doesn't mean that. We can't take that seriously. Come on. She's terrible to that kid. <laughs> See, here, here's an example of I have pulled that song out of the musical. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Whereas I'm having like a return to the past experience because I saw Sweeney Todd in the film in theaters. And I remember just like sitting there and like it was either maybe it was like the second row. So my neck was like really craned back. Oh, that's the worst. Um, and I was just so angry. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> number one, I'd been sort of like swindled into seeing this musical. Um, and then number two, I found myself like really starting to like get emotionally caught up in, in the tale. Mm -hmm. And when they're singing this song, I was just like, oh, she's going to do this kid dirty. And indeed that kid is an awful. Oh no. Don't tell me. I won't because you have taken this song to mean other things. Tell me what the song means to you. I've taken this song out of its context. Um. So what's interesting is I I was trying to think of what songs I wanted to send you, right? And I was like, well, I should send ones that are like in some way meaningful to me mm-hmm. so that I'm not just sending random Sondheim songs. Um, and I just started like sending ones that were meaningful to me. And I didn't even realize until I was doing this that there was sort of this thread yeah. through uh, like this this through line about about meaning, about play, about um, sadness, neglect. Um, And I, you know, I, Sondheim's music is really important to me, but I've never spent really any time learning much about the man himself. And I, you know, took a few minutes to do a little reading and, and saw that he was benignly neglected when he was a child. And oh, sure um and so that of course this is how he writes Mm -hmm. and of of course there's a there's a through line that resonated with me before i knew anything Mm -hmm. um and that and that's really beautiful and it's really sad um but also it you know it speaks to the power of art to connect us mm-hmm. and you know i i just knew those songs meant something to me i didn't need to know sondheim's story to feel like oh wow i feel i feel something like that that book you right. you got from our uh our table mate at comic con i feel something <laughs> What book was that? I feel something. Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> I was being very literal. I was like, you mean Emily? I was like, I don't think Emily gave me a book. Um, but no, it was the person like right across from yeah. us or like across from us neighbor mm-hmm. who writes these like great books. I'll link it in the liner notes, friends. Yeah. Um, who like writes books about like how we sort of somatically sensorily experience feelings. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that, and the, yeah, there's that book called I Feel Something, and it's all about this, like, little shape, I think. Mm-hmm. Shape, um, yeah. Figuring out what is the feeling. I know it's something, but how mm-hmm. do I define it? Um, 
And yeah, I'm with you. I mean, someone who knows very little about Sondheim, both personally and professionally. Um, <laughs> he he puts his feelings in his music. And mm-hmm. so, of course, you are able to connect with that because they're they're right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it and even as I'm sitting here thinking about past me, it was that I felt mm-hmm. something because yeah. it was it was a little bit of sadness, but it was a little bit of connection. But it was a little bit of mm-hmm. excitement. Like it was I could yeah. I couldn't tell you then what I felt. And as I sit here now thinking about it, I couldn't tell you how I felt. Just that I felt something. And it was a feeling worth feeling. Which makes me think of a couple things, not the least of which is that, I mean, it sounds like Sondheim was a person who grew up with a lot of aloneness and then he created Mm -hmm. this art that enabled him to connect with so many other beings. Mm Mm-hmm. And in that sense, then he was no longer alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope he and felt that way. You. In the very, very little bit, and by little bit I mean like I watched a very poignant clip between him and Stephen Colbert. Oh, oh, I bet that was really sweet. It it did seem like he, like Sondheim, the the, the human being, really had a sense of like being connected to others and really feeling that connection in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Colbert was in company. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know what? Now that I'm really thinking about this clip, like, I think that's what Stephen was saying, too. He didn't use your exact words, but he was talking about how when he first like came into contact with Sondheim's work, he realized, this is what I want to do. And he didn't even know what this was. Mm-hmm. But that that was like the initial spark and power of Sondheim for him. Yeah. Which, you know, as we're talking about it, like, of course it feels that way because we're not processing this in our cognitive mind. No, no, this is all emotion. This is is all the feeling, the felt experience. Um, Mm -hmm. Which is very Campbellian because he had that idea that like when when you start to get to the edge of um like crossing the void or crossing over into the supernatural side of life like that's mm-hmm. when words start to fail you mm-hmm. put it another way prefrontal cortex starts to sort of fritz out mm-hmm. and it's all about the feeling in the amygdala and i guess all those those sensory things in your gut yeah this is so interesting i'm thinking about myself as a young person because we are we are talking about stuff that was important to me when i was a young person um mm-hmm. And I remember vividly times when I didn't want to talk. Sure. Like, I just, there was something I wanted to get across, but it felt like the words weren't going to do it. Mm. And I was just sort of like, you know? Yeah. And I just, I pe- uh, my parents, I was going to say people would be frustrated with me, but like, it's not like I was hanging out with people like i was a child um right my parents would get frustrated with me they'd be like just, you know talk use words and i'm like <laughs> but the thing i'm trying to express isn't words right you would have been better off to just be like here listen to this song this is what i'm trying to communicate feel really? it, connect with it mind yeah. meld with it you know this is fascinating this may be we I, this may be another facet of why i when i was young being exposed to musicals with the exception of like fairy tale musicals when I was really, really young. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would have been like what, like four to probably like 
seven or eight ish. But beyond that, I did not like musicals. And I think part of that was that like, it was in many ways distilled emotion. Mm -hmm. And I was at that point in my life, I was just like surrounded by all of these adults who had all of these big feelings. Mm hmm whom I did not feel were like managing those feelings particularly well at all, which is why I was like encountering them on such a regular basis. So like, I didn't want more feelings to come into contact with. I was like, that's not what we need here. We need some safe structure and constructs and boundaries. That's what we need. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to direct line into another person's feelings. Mm -hmm. I'm already feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as an adult, like sometimes... You know, I know some people that like watch Supernatural over and over and over and over. Yeah. And I have to like gear up mm-hmm, to too. to watch an episode. And it is very much because of this. Like yeah. I am entering a emotionally charged space. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be intense. It's going to like be... It will last for as long as I let it last, because there's 15 years worth of stuff. Sure. So there is a part of me who mm. is, is present right now as we're talking, saying like, see, we could distill this feeling into a four minute song and like we could experience that feeling and then it could be done and we could decide to listen to mm. it again and that would be okay. But, you know, this, it seems like this part is the one that like puts on the brakes when I think about you know, watching Supernatural, because it's like, okay, but we're going to have that distilled emotion. Like, it, I mean, it's unfiltered, raw, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. feeling something. Sure. For, you know, who knows how long. And are we in a space that we can feel that something for that long? Right, for 45 to 50 minutes. Um, this is reminding me of an exercise. I mean, is it an exercise? It, it's like an activity that mm-hmm. I will sometimes give to um, clients that I'm working with when uh, part of what we're working on is like how to be with a feeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I'll work with them to like find a song that evokes a particular kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. So like anger, anger is like a great example of this because there are many folks who like experience some discomfort, varying degrees of discomfort around even the idea of tapping into anger and expressing anger because it can be so volatile. Mm -hmm. But the nice thing about like putting on an angry song is that we're talking, that's like what, two and a half minutes, four and a half minutes tops. Mm -hmm. And so you can, it's a nice way to practice feeling that feeling to completion because you're doing it with whomever like the singer is Mm -hmm. and then after that four minutes it's done yeah and it's not going to be evoking that feeling for you anymore Mm -hmm. um and you know if they're really worried about it then i'm like okay well let's like pick a song to follow it up there's nothing to do with anger maybe it's chill ocean waves (laughs) yeah yeah but it, it would be hard to do that i mean i think we all do that sort of innately right like mm. the like the girl who lived above me in my apartment building when i had a bachelorette pad and she had mm. a breakup and she listened to the natalie and Brulia song torn on repeat for an entire sure. weekend 
Right. That was, she was really working through some stuff. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Her, and, her and her fandom friend, Natalie Imbruglia. <laughs> I don't remember what the title was, but I had a neighbor in my first apartment um, mm-hmm. out of one, one after I graduated with college. So I was living in it with my roommate. My roommate was out for the night and one of our neighbors was playing, I think it's like Family Portrait by Pink. I don't know, but it was like all night long. <laughs> And I have these memories of like half waking up and like looking at the clock and being like, dear God, she's still missing. <laughs> Actually, I shouldn't gender this human. I don't know. I have no idea what their gender expression was. All I know about them is that it was pink. <laughs> and and I went through something with pink that night, too, though I imagine mm. it was different than what they were going through. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I've used that uh, that torn example with clients before. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, music is like, yeah, it's a great way to like directly tap into feelings and help us be with them and process them mm-hmm. and explore them right within and, the confines of a framing device. Mm-hmm. Right. And we're kind of like intuitively aware of that. Like, oh, listening to this sad song helps me feel both sad and a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, I, yes, I think for some of us, absolutely. Mm hmm. Well, I, um, you know, like uh, the song Alleluia, as done by Jeff Buckley, as mm, performed sure. on the early aughts television series, The O.C. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I love that show, as you well know, but I don't remember this episode. <laughs> oh, they played it anytime something sad happened. Wow. Okay. There we yeah. go. Every um, single time. It was you know the, the song Alleluia? Look- I do, but I'm more familiar with, and I, I feel a little sheepish, but like here it is, I'm more familiar with whichever version was on the Shrek soundtrack. Didn't, didn't realize that was a thing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what Shrek did. It just took a bunch of things that were nice and then put them into a movie about a green monster. Um, yeah, but like, the, I made... um when I was still teaching yoga in person and I would do this Sunday night, like candlelight class, um, Mm -hmm. I made a a mix of just all songs that make you feel something. So that while you're like holding poses in like a restorative way for five minutes, you, you, you are having both a physical sensation and an emotional sensation. Mm, Yeah. And Aleluya was on there as well as a bunch of other stuff. But I mean, I I know you and I talk an awful lot about movies, TV, books, and we, generally speaking, we don't talk a ton about music. That's interesting. I had never really noticed that, but now that you've pointed out, I mean, there it is, just mm-hmm. dancing in front of us. <laughs> right, and I mean, our our taste in music is very different. That's true. <laughs> I love me a good a good Hans Zimmer soundtrack. <laughs> that is interesting i'm realizing it just as i'm saying that like if i want to sit down and feel some things mm-hmm. it's rare that the song i'm going to put on has people vocalizing mm-hmm. which now that i'm saying this out loud i'm also remembering that a thought i had midway through bringing the clowns is it bringing the clowns or calling the clowns sent in the clowns Send neither, but send. Send in the clowns. <laughs> At one point I was like, God, I think I'd like this a lot more if there weren't, if there wasn't someone singing. <laughs> I'm 
like this song a lot more if no one sang it. And I think um, to help that part of myself out now, I think what that part was attempting to say is I know what to do in terms of I know how to emotionally process a song that is attempting to evoke a particular kind of feeling. I know how to do that better when it's simply instrumental. Mm -hmm. When words are involved, things get confusing. Oh, what this feels like to me is you want to fanfic music. I mean, this is something that's going to be like definitely food for thought for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I, I think of something like the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, which oh my God. is very emotionally evocative. Mm, yes. You know, I definitely but, wouldn't I... like Concerning Hobbits if it was like, Concerning Hobbits living in holes, <laughs> <laughs> making mushroom stew, putting it in bowls. Like, I wouldn't like that. <laughs> wow that yeah no that's very true and i do like the annie lennox song yeah but i think i like it because she's the kind of the kind of singer where it's really all about the timbre of her voice or far more about yeah you can barely understand what she's saying you can bear and i fucking love that (laughs) i'm like yes give me a singer where i don't know what they're saying (laughs) i don't want i don't want the words that's Mm -hmm. just gonna mess it up for me Mm-hmm. Which is probably also why I love the Gladiator soundtrack because I don't know what the fuck Lisa Gerard is saying. <laughs> it's just it's just all beautiful tones, and I'm mm-hmm. there, and I'm like, yes, I feel this. Do you like Gregorian chants? Um, I I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I saw a meme recently that was like, "Remember that week in the '90s when we all got into Gr- Gregorian chants?" And I was like, "Yes, I was into them for like five years." Shit. Okay, well, maybe I'll have to <laughs> look into some some Gregorian chants. Yeah, we listen to that shit a lot at my house. That's right. I do remember you telling me that now. Was it like holiday themed Gregorian chants? No, I. Um, so it's fun to talk about stuff because it brings up memories. Um, mm. that, and and this is true for everyone, right? Like when you start talking about yes. something, the parts of you that hold these memories show up and are like, "Oh, you're looking at this now. Here, mm-hmm. here's here's a box of shit from the attic. Did you want any of this?" Um, but we used to play all sorts of different kinds of music in my house. Um, my dad loved what was called world music, so you know, <laughs> songs from other countries. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and when the Buena Vista Social Club came out with an album, we listened to that a lot. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yes. Yeah. I know the Buena Vista. Yeah. And we played that, um, when, when he was in the hospital. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I haven't listened to it since then, actually. I don't, cause I, cause this part is very afraid of what kind of emotion that would bring up. Um, but we I li- imagine it would be a lot. Yeah. But we listen to stuff like that. We listen to like, uh, you know, flutes from the Andes and pan flutes. <laughs> Great, you and Captain Picard just yeah. doing doing your pan flute thing. Right, Gregorian chants and uh, Zulu music. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the holiday album you're thinking of is uh, Lou Rawls. 
Mm. Lou Rawls' holiday album was the Look shit at, you, at my house. We always did Bing Crosby's holiday albums. Still a big fan of Bing. Mm-hmm. And who, the Pointer Sisters? I'm probably getting that wrong. Who knows? <laughs> the Andrews Sisters? That might be what I'm thinking of. I mean, <laughs> they're both sisters and they're both... <laughs> <laughs> And they both sang, both sets of sisters sang. And they both made music, so <laughs> hard to know. Oh, God, hard we also always know. had, um, my parents subscribed to those, like, Motown tape of them on the clubs. Oh, my God. Or, like, what were, they were, like, the, oh, I can't remember what they were called, but it was something, it was, like, the old version of, like, I Love the 90s on VH1 before there was VH1. It was all these different, like, songs of the decade. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I remember people when I was a kid, like friends, would ask me what music I was into. This still happens. My my niece asked me what music I'm into, and I was Aww. like, "Well, I'm listening to a lot of classic rock right now." <laughs> That's very you. This so is like classic rock. Led Zeppelin. <laughs> But when I was a kid, you'd be like, what kind of music are you listening to? I'm like, um, whatever's on the Motown tapes. <laughs> you do have a very, have quite the eclectic music, uh, music taste. I do, I, I, you know, we got the Motowns, <laughs> we have the classic rock, we have, uh, pretty much anything and everything from the Sondheim catalog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I and I don't listen to music all that much. I mostly listen to podcasts because I can't listen to music while I work. Yeah. We've had this conversation before. I need mm-hmm. absolute fucking silence if I need to work. Which I think is truly I I, I find it to be quite endearing that you need like total, total silence. Um Total silence? I'm trying to, like, it's tough because, like, I have persistent ear ringing. Tinnitus, I think, is the technical term. Mm-hmm. So, like, I need something in the background. Otherwise, I get into this, like, cognitive loop where all I'm doing is thinking about my ear ringing. Oh, uh, yeah. I deal with some tinnitus, too, but it's not all the time. Yeah, yeah. Mine is just, like, I don't know what the sounds of silence are because, for me, it's just, like, differing pitches. Uh, so I do like to have, you know... Not, I like to have something instrumental in the background. <laughs> yeah, I can't do, oh, God, it's so hard for me. Like, I know some people mm. really like reading in coffee shops. And, like, I like the idea of reading in coffee shops. And I mm. used to do some studying in coffee shops, but I would be like, they better have some, like, yeah. chill jazz. I mean, I do love a good chill jazz. I, like you, really always, like, loved the idea of studying in a coffee shop. Like, even right now, I like I feel like my eyes are going sort of, like, hazy, and I'm like, oh, yes. Romantic. Coffee shops. Romantic. <laughs> but I would get in there, and I – some of it was, like, the music, but mostly it was just, like, I was so prone to people watching. Oh, sure. And, like – To this day, it's just one of those, and I'm not, like, aware of, like, consciously telling myself, like, listen to people's conversations. It's just something that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would just sit there and I would get nothing done. No French verbs were learned. (laughs) (laughs) 
I would just be listening on everybody's like boy drama and like friend chats. And then like I would watch the like the the barista and the waitress and I'd be like, oh, they have some unrequited things happening. Like I was just all I would just spend hours people watching. And then I was like, well, this was things happened today, but it wasn't French verbs. <laughs> yeah, especially this time of year. I mm. I feel like I want to do that. Right, because it's like cold. You uh-huh. want to get in there, get some hot liquid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get a saucer, a cup and saucer going. Mm-hmm. But it, it, yeah, studying's not going to happen. Book writing, that's sit, not going to happen. Sit by a fire, yeah, reading. I have so much to read. And, mm. um, but swinging back around to our good friend, Mr. Sondheim. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, th- this has been. Uh, rather eye-opening for me spending a few minutes listening to the songs that are meaningful to me um and Mm -hmm. why are they meaningful to me folks Uh, a few different reasons like some of them um i they just resonated with me but i think every song that i sent to you either Mm -hmm. i sang or one of my close friends sang in our musical theater class Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, so like I spent time with those songs, mm-hmm. either learning them myself or watching people learn them. And you know, when mm. when you're singing a song from musical theater, you are you are acting. Yes, through the song, and so you need to know what your intention is, and like, mm-hmm. what are you trying to get across? And sure. it, it was sort of it was sort of my introduction to understanding emotion yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah because i at first i was not good at it and i like i don't mean that to shit on my past self i just Mm. like i was like will you just sing and it's funny to think about that because you're so good at it now like you regularly sing show tunes on this podcast (laughs) and you do like you totally go into character like i'll watch Mm -hmm. you do it Mm mm-hmm yeah, and it you know I remember picking a song that I loved from the musical Hair. Um, mm. Talk about loose plot. Um. <laughs> I remember I saw that that live um, because I have many family members who adore musicals, and so I saw that live, and I was just like, "This is." Ins- was there nudity in the one you saw? There sure was. Um, yeah, I listened to that musical for the first time when I was like eight. It was really Aww. inappropriate. Yeah. Because there's a whole song about oral sex. <laughs> there sure is. There sure is. <laughs> uh, join the Kama Sutra or uh, join the Kama Sutra orgy. Everyone is a line in that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I didn't know what any of those words meant, but I knew the song. Anyway, um, <clears throat> you felt something. I felt something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I, I, this is a much more benign song, um, mm-hmm. that I picked. That's just all about this, this girl who met this guy and she's looking for him. Um, and I remember bringing it to my musical theater teacher and he was like, okay, well, like, what's happening in this song, right? And I'm like, well, she's sure. looking for this guy. Like, okay, well, what's she feeling? Like, 
I don't know. Feeling. <laughs> and it it was always kind of like that. Like the the duet sure. I sent you from Assassins uh, mm -hmm. that you passed on. Um, I sang the squeaky from part in that. Aww. Um, that was real cute. Yeah, it's real cute that a 15-year-old girl was <laughs> pretending to be a Manson girl. I, I didn't understand what yeah, it meant. Yeah, yeah. I kind of edited that part out. I just imagined you in your bell bottoms I singing was, this duet. I was yeah, for sure was in cute. my bell bottoms. Uh, me and mm -hmm. me and my friend Scott. And he was he was playing uh, the guy who's obsessed with Jodie Foster. Sure. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I read that that little tagline description. And I was like, well, that's not for this morning. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair i was like i want to walk into this chat about musicals with an open heart and mind and i don't <laughs> think this song is gonna take me there <laughs> um yeah but this this was sort of like even though what i loved was performing what i didn't mm -hmm. realize i was getting sure. was an introduction to emotion which all humans need and it's just simply not a part of our upbringing in this country mm -hmm. by and large like it's just it's one of those things where it's like yeah you'll pick it up on the fly you will not you will not that is why we have so many struggles uh -huh. it's one of the reasons because like emotional intelligence emotional awareness the ability to identify that you're what it is beyond mm -hmm. that you're feeling something and then what to do about it that's like just that's not a thing that most humans are able to just like pick up mm-hmm like prehistory, ancient human society was like all they were about. I mean, they were about uh, several other things, of course, but like one of the main thrusts was like helping people learn how to process big feelings and hold big feelings mm -hmm. and sit with death. And now we're just like algebra. <laughs> and here's the thing do I think algebra is useful? Sure. But I don't think that like we should be choosing exclusively things like algebra and just like letting go of anything and anything to do with helping people sit with their feelings. No, you, you may use algebra in your life. <laughs> you will use feelings. <laughs> yes, that's right. true. Right. It's like, you know, it's like teaching baby therapists, right? They, mm -hmm. um, I I had students last semester who were like, we, we've we never talked about grief. Like, okay, well, let's do that. Because if if there is one thing yeah. you, like, you mm -hmm. will probably encounter substance abuse. You will probably encounter, you know, insert thing here. But you mm -hmm. will definitely encounter grief. It is the one thing that as humans, we all share. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it's so funny that these things are just, they're either blind spots or are pushing them away. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, you know, when I think about our modern American culture, I think it's a lot of, it's a lot of systems built around denial mm -hmm. of hard feelings, denial of death. Um, and mm, I'm trying to think of how to say this. 
Denial can be a useful tool when it's part of a set. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Like a cup and saucer. Uh Uh-huh. A cup, a saucer, a little spoon, a little fork, a napkin. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When all you got is the little fork, Mm -hmm. you got some big problems. Mm. Mm. Yeah, without the teapot, you got no tea. That's true. You did not, you just have some empty cups. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Denial is part of a process. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But right, we do. We walk through life like, eh, they'll figure it out. No. They How sir, will they figure they sure it out? Won't. How no. will they figure it out? If I had a penny By for... listening to the works of, of Stephen Sondheim, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, truly, everything I know I learned from musicals. Um. You know, there there was a time not too long ago, let's say even just like six months ago, where you would have said that, and mm-hmm. I would have been like, that is just so absurd. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm just like, no, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does it, right? Like, the, these are some major phantom attachments that, like, you and I don't, haven't talked about before, but they are certainly there. Yeah, and I guess what I'm I'm getting more and more appreciation for as you and I are chatting is that musicals were they were a way for you to frame and contain and start to really understand feelings mm-hmm. and emotional states and moods. And music really is a great it, it in one might even say it's an ideal way mm. for folks to start learning about their feelings and and building human connections and start to like take it apart. Like I think it's far more of an intuitive approach than sitting down and trying to like rationally describe sadness. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. And Mm -mm. what's coming up for me right now is I'm like, I did, I had a real problem sitting with big emotion with TV and movies. Like I remember even, you know, mm. the, the sitcoms of the day, like, sure. you know, Full House or Growing Pains and whatever the, you know, the mishap of the week was, I would just be sure. so uncomfortable, like almost unbearably uncomfortable, you know, mm. like, oh, my God, yeah. Kirk Cameron lied to his parents and he's going to get found out. And I cannot tolerate it. Right. Um, But I think... Yeah. I think what made it okay in musicals was nothing was ever that bad. Mm. Right? It was like things could be difficult, but it was like, it, it, even though Sondheim explained to yeah. me how to do the backbend, mm-hmm. he wasn't ripping me in half. Sure. This is interesting because I think like this is one of the way, this is this is one of the, like, you and I took this in differently. And I think the way that I took it in was that like musicals are lies. Mm. They're a way of like avoiding reality. Mm. Unlike Do Star I Trek think The Next ne- Generation. <laughs> I mean, Star Trek The Next Generation was like, uh, to me as a kid, I was like, well, this is like aspirational. Ah, uh, okay. And this is people like trying to like come to terms and, and really like reckon with real problems and real feelings. Whereas Mm -hmm. 
I think part of my struggle as a young person with musicals was I felt like it was an attempt to papier mache mm-hmm. over what was going on. Got it. Which I think, I mean, it's a, it's a similar thing that they're doing, but it sounds like for you, it helped you because it it lessened, it took the edges off of like the intensity of the emotions that were being evoked and that you were like sensing and perceiving mm-hmm. in the given artwork. Right. Well, and, and I could engage with it and re-engage with it and re-engage with it and like sort of do my own exposure therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the end of a show, the whole cast gets up and takes a bow. Like I, I can make sense that this, I felt real feelings. We all felt real feelings, but everything's okay. And everything went back to normal. Right, because the artifice is so clear mm-hmm. that these are people and it's a play and they're acting. Whereas if, and you're right, and this is absolutely the case, like especially as a small human child, mm-hmm. if you're just engaging with the TV all by your onesie, mm-hmm. your tiny human brain thinks that this is real. Mm-hmm. That these are real people and like Kirk Cameron really is going to get in trouble. Whereas musicals, the artifice is so clear. Mm-hmm. Like, you understand that it's a game. You understand that it's a play. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can be devastated mm-hmm. when Fontaine yeah. dies. Sure. But then I get to see or, you know, know, even if I'm listening and not watching something. Yeah. I know that the actress portraying Fontaine is okay. Sure. That makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. this way of looking at it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know that this would change your opinion for yourself about musicals, but perhaps it, does it shift at all your idea of musicals in general? I mean, what I would say is that, like, I feel like my sort of, like, intellectual understanding of musicals is absolutely being broadened. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think this can change my own emotional experience. Like I think mm-hmm. my, ex- my emotional experience of musicals is so like bound up in how I experience them as like a young person sort of coming of age. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know how much that would shift for me because, you know, I don't, we're talking about like all these different ways to like experience our feelings. And I think mm-hmm. musicals aren't. They don't feel as un- as unorganic a way for me to process feelings as some other different art forms are. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much that will, would shift over time for me, but I this absolutely does broaden my understanding of musicals and how they can work and like why they are so meaningful, not just to you, but to like so many people who are really down with musicals in a way that like when I was like 13 or 15... If you had said this to me, I would have been like, that's absurd. And I would have just walked away. Get all of this away from me. Right. Because I mean, that was, that would have been, I would have been having my own sort of intense emotional reaction. It would have been way too much for me. But now I'm like, no, this totally makes sense. This absolutely makes sense how this worked and why this worked for you. Mm -hmm. And now I'm at the other side of it where I'm like, it's super fascinating that that totally did not work for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was also a language I could use to connect with my mom. Yeah. I mean, going to the theater was kind of like our thing. Mm. Um, 
and you know we could sit down and listen to something and that yeah. you know it was it was like it was common ground which is really lovely mm-hmm. it's nice to have some of those things yep and her her favorite uh, sondheim musical well her favorite musical ever was a little night music which is sondheim mm-hmm. and uh that's actually one where, like, I'm very intrigued by it. That is one that, like, if it was playing anywhere where you and I were, I would definitely go see it with you. Yeah. I've never seen it. Mm. Well, you just certainly don't have to see it. <laughs> if you ever wanted to, I would go with you. Mm-hmm. It's based on a film by Ingmar Bergman. <laughs> did that help win me over? It sure did. Yeah, yeah, I see that. <laughs> I did think you might like Sunday in the Park with George. Because it's about George Seurat, and it and it is all about the painting. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the L- Lundiala Grangeat. I what I don't know, but I but I I know exactly what you're talking about. It's it's been displayed for years. That particular painting in well, the Chicago Art Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're right. I think I probably would enjoy Sunday in the Park with George. Um, I enjoyed reading its Wikipedia page. <laughs> As opposed to the the whistle, the whistle one. I can't whistle. God damn it! What Anyone was can whistle. Anyone can whistle. That Wikipedia page. I was like, mm, this is not for me, and I just skimmed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know who's not whistling? This bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Bernadette Peters. I'm out. Mic drop. Yeah, that was one we all sang in voice class. Oh, it's it's got um got a decent range in it mm-hmm. hmm. um and it, it, it may help parts of you to know that song confused me when i was young too i was like so it's a song about how whistling's easy but it's hard for her what <laughs> is it <laughs> the, the wikipedia page also did seem to be explaining that because mm-hmm. it, it, it's a obviously it's a metaphor yeah well i mean when when i was listening to it today i was like oh sure yeah, I mean, there's there's shit that other people find easy. Sure. That, but like, I mean, it could be if one wanted to mm-hmm. dip a little below the surface. I mean, it's it's a song about being neurodiverse. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because um, I think another thing it is it's about it's about like how hard it is to to identify a feeling and share it. And- Mm-hmm. And, and how like anyone can whistle right anyone can do their dishes mm. but like i i can read greek and i can you know i can dance the tango yeah. but i can't do my dishes and those dishes do need to get done yeah i know whereas whistling you can just buy a whistle it's fine <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. What a, what a fun trip down memory lane this was. Honestly, this was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> when you told me you wanted to do this, it like, it made total sense to me. And I was, and then I set my phone down and I was like, all right, Larissa, you are going to need to really dig deep within you. 
And be open to this musical experience. This is important to your best friend, Justine. <laughs> and Stephen Sondheim has just died. You, you, must, you must find a way. <laughs> and those parts that I was speaking to are now, at this moment, just like, wow, this was like way more fun than we thought. This was great. <laughs> well, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't awful for them. But I, but I get no. the fear. I mean, if if you had told me, like, we're, I know you haven't watched Hannibal, <laughs> but we're gonna spend an hour with me talking to you about cannibalism, <laughs> I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been like you really having to dig deep too. That's that is one hundred and ten percent accurate. I would need that like Mads Mikkelsen leather daddy photo shoot up on my <laughs> up on my screen. Just imagining in that that alternate reality, you just like psyching yourself up, being like, "Here's Mads. Here he is. It's gonna be okay. We can get through this." <laughs> look, look at look at that hot man. You can do this. He's not eating people. No, just focus on this hotness. Look at that chin. <laughs> and it's so chiseled. This is this is unrelated to musicals, but is related to cannibalism. Have you heard of Hofu? No. The human tofu. It is a oh. meat substitute that is made to taste like people. <laughs> I just wow. learned about it. Wow. Truly, we live in a fallen world. <laughs> we have lost our way as a species. We need to get right back on track. We keep coming back to cannibalism a lot. Didn't I just talk about the Donner Party? <laughs> you did. Oh, the musical. Back. Donner, the musical. <laughs> I mean, there again, musicals are a way that we process, like, unfortunate, uncomfortable, sometimes truly awful and terrible events. Mm -hmm. Look at Cabaret. I have seen Cabaret so many times. Mm -hmm. And I know that I will see it many, many times more. And that is largely due to the fact that my partner in life... My romantic partner in life, because you're obviously my platonic partner in life. Mm. My romantic partner in life loves Cabaret. Mm, with Alan Cumming? Yeah, we saw him, which was fun. Alan mm -hmm. did an amazing job. We've seen that version. I've seen the movie a couple of times. Mm -hmm. We, obviously, in the before times before COVID, we, like, saw... There was, like, a small theater company who put it on in this like upstairs area above a bar oh, in sure. Chicago, mm -hmm. which was very cool. Um, oh, clearly I, my, lot in my lot in life is to like be exposed to musicals because of the people that I love. Have you made it to the end of Schitt's Creek yet? No, N no, but I did get to the episode where Stevie sings the song. Oh, you did? Oh, it's so good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Was it painful? Yeah. But I made my way through. And I loved I loved the relationship that's developing between Moira and Stevie. It's so lovely and sweet. Hmm. Right. But I I mean, you see Stevie in that role. Uh -huh. And at first it it's like, oh no, is Stevie okay? She seems nervous. And then you realize, no, she is being Sarah Bowles. Mm -hmm. Sally Bowles. Sally Bowles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the other day when I called Rudolf Steiner, Rolf Steiner. 
Who is who? Who is that? He's the Waldorf school guy. Yeah, you know they're real fucking problematic, right? No. Oh yeah. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Back in the day, that I thought they were just like you know places for children to go to learn to learn yeah i thought they were cool too but they're all based in um theosophy what's that no this this is for the other podcast oh sure 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 yes dark side of the mat <laughs> which listeners if you haven't listened to highly recommend oh thank you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah God, but I, such a bummer but anyway yes Sally Bowles <laughs> is how we got here. We sure did. Well, and like we've been all over mm-hmm. the musical map. Mm-hmm. What haven't we said or what do you what what more do we want to say about dear Mr. Sondheim? Yeah, I mean, I I'm just I'm very appreciative that he I mean, he had some privilege in that his his parents were fairly wealthy, but he also, you know, was a Jew mm-hmm. during a time when it was hard to be one, and uh, he was isolated. And I, I'm really, I'm really grateful that he turned his difficult circumstances into meaning. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's like the Viktor Frankl. Uh, man's search for meaning right he was mm-hmm. he was searching for meaning and he made he made meaning like n- right. nobody was going to hand him meaning and uh i'm really grateful that he made meaning and he shared it with us and he helped me make meaning too so you know i was sad to hear of his passing and also um, he lived to 91 that's all any of us yeah. can can hope for and he was and he was so loved and i'm glad to hear cuz i haven't seen any interviews with mm-hmm. him for a while i'm glad to hear that he seemed like he felt that love yeah, yeah. i saw um lin manuel miranda posted um their their last email exchange mm-hmm. um where lin had you know been like oh i just you know i just listened to this and it was so amazing and um Stephen wrote back and just said, you know, I just hope I made Oscar proud. Which, I mean, just so sweet. Yeah. So, yeah. Pour one out for one of the greats. Mm -hmm. He was a very important part of my life and the lives of many, many, many people. Um, And and the, the final stage of life is all about um, meaning making and and what are we leaving behind mm. and yeah, he he left some great stuff behind so yeah he did he gets to live on which and that's the dream I mean our, I think I think everyone in that sense does live on people live on in the memories mm-hmm of those who knew them and held them and connected with them. Right. You don't, I, my intention is not to say being famous is the only way to be carried forward. He just happens no, to be, so. to be in lots of people's consciousness. That's true. Yes. Yeah. He does. He did. He does. And he do. <laughs> <laughs>
So uh, takeaways for for friends at home. I I hope this gave you the opportunity to I don't know look inside a little bit, see if any of this was meaningful to you. Maybe not for musicals, but maybe there's some maybe there's some music that has been meaningful to you that has helped you make meaning or do your own therapeutic fan fiction. Um, and that that's really just like all the therapeutic we talk about, it's really healthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, for, for all the theater kids, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when I was a theater kid, I didn't know why it was meaningful. I just knew that it was. And that's enough. Mm-hmm. And you can trust the process, trust that you'll find ways to articulate it, but that it's, it's enough simply to know that you're being moved. It's enough to know that you're feeling something. Mm-hmm. I feel. Mm-hmm. And you hang in there with it. Because clarity will come. And if it doesn't right away, there are guides there to help you. And certainly Stephen Sondheim is a guide. Oh, he is. He's a sage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, if folks are curious to learn more about what we talked about today, what, what should they Google? I mean, what should they Google? Victor Frankl would be mm-hmm. a great Google, uh, meaning making, but really more than anything, what I want to invite folks to do is spend time with the music, with the art that evokes feeling. And mm-hmm. that is a way for you to safely engage and be with your feelings and, you know, Maybe even reach out to friends who, even if they don't vibe with your go-to work of art, reach out to them, share share a piece of art that moves you, mm-hmm. um, because you never know what impact that's going to have on your friend. Yeah, I like that. Mm, yeah, and it it's okay if you don't know what that feeling is. Yeah, absolutely. We may be at the helm of the ship, but we know who really keeps us running. Thank you to Ensign Kyle Rebar, who composed our theme song. Thank you to Lieutenant Catherine Mandicat Duthie, who designed our beautiful cover art. And finally, thank you to our fabulous producer, Lieutenant Commander Brian Therens. Welcome in Bienvenue. Welcome to Cabaret. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And the best way that you can support our podcast is to subscribe, rate, and especially review us on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends. Just a reminder that our book, Starship Therapies, Using Therapeutic Fan Fiction to Rewrite Your Life, is now available at all of your favorite booksellers. So order yourself a copy, or two, or three, and share the news with your social networks. They also make great gifts for the holiday season. And last but not least, friends, we now have a Patreon that is live. If you want to support us and this work that we do, please log on and drop a few coins to these witchers. We would much appreciate it. (laughs) And as always, friends, live long and and prosper. Tally was secretly here and she's not so secretly vomited. So let me take that back so we don't have vomit. Um, I think friends can Google Victor Frankl, mm-hmm. one of the late greats as well. We're still vomiting. <laughs> oh, this would be a great uh, post show. 
Brian, if you want to just <laughs> tack this on the end. Yep, Tally felt so much meaning that she had to expel it. Oh, that's real. It is, absolutely. All right, 